All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 195 of the DFO Rundown as we inch closer to the trade deadline, but also the playoff picture getting murkier and murkier by the day, which is awesome if you like chaos. Uh, Frank, how you doing? I am good. I'm fresh off a very busy weekend. Went to Buffalo to see my son play in a tournament. They lost in the championship game on Sunday. And in between, I headed down to Raleigh for the stadium series, which was ridiculous. Uh, and they were definitely not practicing dry February in, in Raleigh, Jay. The tailgate was bananas. They had ice luges, beer pong games going just about everything and probably could have used to mix in an athletic brewing uh, at some point during that tailgate. But uh, need to let you know that episode 195 is presented by athletic brewing. And just because dry Jan is in the rear view mirror, doesn't mean you can't keep the good times rolling. Join me and enjoy athletic brewing's award-winning lineup of craft, non-alcoholic beers. Trust me, these brews don't lack anything. And more importantly, they don't come with the hangover. Use promo code Frank 20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until February 28th. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all face-offs fit for all times. Well, uh, fit for face-offs. So we could get into it. Man, there's been a lot of goals directly off of face-offs uh, recently across the NHL. But uh, let's get first to the uh, to the big trade, of course. Uh, Toronto uh, acquires uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Chari from St. Louis. Uh, Minnesota comes in and retains 25% of the cap hit, but really only retains about 76, 74K. It was, uh, it was, it was easy when you come to the money-wise 
for the while to do this. Granted, it's a fourth round pick, but you know, usually that's a seventh rounder, but it's three years down the road, I guess. 2025. What did you make of this trade? Um, goes against kind of what Dubas had said earlier. They didn't want to go pure rentals, although maybe, I don't know, maybe they feel they can re-sign O'Reilly. I'd be surprised if they can, just from a pure cap perspective, unless Ryan O'Reilly at age 32 is one of two things could happen. Either O'Reilly at age 32 says I've pocketed, you know, 70, $8 million by the time this season is over and I don't need any more. And he's willing to sign for, you know, a million bucks. And I, I don't see that happening because that wasn't the tenor of the discussions with the St. Louis blues and his contract extension. He would have, he would have been a blue if that was the case. Um, or maybe he doesn't come in and have the impact that the Toronto Maple Leafs are thinking. And if that's the case, well, then they've given up a whole lot for Ryan O'Reilly, a first, second, third, and fourth round pick when you include the money movement, as you mentioned. And look, this is the easiest way to frame up this deal. I said it on Toronto radio this morning, and I believe it. This is either going to be Kyle Dubas's signature move, or it's going to be the signature on his death warrant as GM of the Maple Leafs. It's as simple as that. This is a massive transaction it goes against exactly what he said. And I love the reaction that I got from people on social media when I tweeted that. It wasn't opinion, it was fact. Kyle Dubas has been talking for years about how he doesn't like to target rentals. And yet, what we've seen now, I guess you could say Mark Giordano ended up not being a rental and, and that deal was a home run for two second round picks. But go back to Nick Felino trading for another captain, um, another older, slower player like O'Reilly is, and now trade for O'Reilly and give up the pick capital for both of those trades, either Kyle Dubas pivots and he, well, there's a few things. Either one, he pivots based on the market. Two, someone else is pulling the strings and he's getting pressure from other people in the organization, wink, wink, the C-suite of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Or three, he just, whatever he says, cannot be taken at face value anymore because he goes in another direction, which people are saying, why would he broadcast to you what he's going to do? I truly believe that their organizational philosophy, Jason, is to not trade for rentals. I don't know why they continue to do so. To me on, on O'Reilly, like I look at the, the Leafs and offense, well, even defense, they don't have a ton of weaknesses, but I still think their defensive depth is is the one area without Jake Muzzin. And so I'll say this, if he's able to get a defenseman, then, uh, you know, because it doesn't matter which one you acquire first if you ultimately get what you need both. And so if Ryan O'Reilly is going to be their third line center, maybe he's better suited as a winger now. I, I really don't think it's that major of an issue for him to play wing uh, over center. You could play him with some centers and because of his defensive acumen he could easily sometimes be the first guy back and just line up in the center spot and you know Matthews or Tavares is the winger you know on that shift it's pretty easy more so for me though is their defense and if they're able to acquire a defenseman if they do you know then then it's going to be uh you know I think well that hey I agree well, they'll like, have to so people have looked and said oh 4.4 million yeah but they still need to activate Matt Murray and yes. by the way, what is the status of their goaltending? That's the thing. When like I look at this trade, and look, I'm a Ryan O'Reilly fan. That 2019 Conn Smythe run was epic. Um, he's a competitor. 
He's tenacious. He's so many things that you want in a player. My question is, when you watch this season, how far removed is he from that 2019 player and Selkie win? I, I think watching this year, and I've watched almost every shift that he's played this season, I would say pretty far away from that player. Yeah, and I don't think he has to be that player for them to for this trade to be successful for Toronto. I, I think he so just what, need. What is needs, the successful like? What threshold do the Toronto Maple Leafs need to hit in order for this trade to be successful? Well, win a round, honestly. Win one round, like so. You give up a first, second, third, and fourth round pick to win one round. Well, once you win one, who knows what happens? But I said minimum, you got to win one. You can't I, say I, they I have to win the conference. They got to get to the conference final. There's I don't be buy into 16. that at all. That is like absolutely crazy to think about. Here's my here's my biggest issue with this trade. And you just talked about the fit. And yeah, I agree. Properly slotted, you know, third line center. He can play, you know, wing if you need him to. Does this trade, in your opinion, shift the balance of power in the East? No. Okay, so is winning one round really like okay? So you're able to get through Tampa, which I'm not signing off today saying that the the Toronto Maple Leafs would beat the the Lightning in the first round. They still have the back end that's better, and they still have the goalie that's better. So okay, so let's say let's say you do though. Let's hypothetically game this out. Let's say you get through the Lightning, then you face if you're lucky the Boston Bruins likely who we expect to get through the first round with the wild card. And then if you can somehow get through the team, that's been the best in the NHL and has barely lost to this point, then your treat is maybe the Carolina hurricanes. I don't look at this trade and say, this helps them, you know, vastly change this power structure that's in place. Do you think the Tampa Bay lightning are sitting there saying today, Oh man, I'm shaking in my boots that they got Ryan O'Reilly now. No, no, I don't think, but I don't think there was a move that was drastically going to change it. Is what but I'm they saying. drastically altered their draft board. And I know people say, oh, who cares? Yeah, yeah, their draft picks. board. Yeah, yeah, that's a different conversation. I agree. They gave up a lot, no question. Um, I, I think the Maple Leafs are an organization that's, that's going to look and feel like, you know what? We have a window to win for the next six or seven years. We're not going to care about drafts. Honestly, think that's what's going to happen. Were there, this is my question then in response to that. Were there better bets to make than Ryan O'Reilly? Amongst the forwards, well, yeah, he I would say Timo. I would say Timo Meyer. You say Timo Patrick Ma- Kane. Timo Meyer to me, when you look at it, when it's all said and done, and I don't know where it's going to end up, I will be shocked if Timo Meyer goes for much more than what the Toronto Maple Leafs paid for Ryan O'Reilly. That's how big of a price I think they paid. Yeah, well, they did give out. Actually, they gave out kind of more than I expect. Now there was it wasn't just O'Reilly; it's Noel Achari too. So they did get a second player, right? So you do that's you know that's at least one of the, um, you know, well, definitely probably the well the the third rounder for sure because the fourth is basically for the uh, retention of O'Reilly. So I would say the third or the second is Noel Achari. I think that we can't just discount him. That's probably an overpay. Yeah, you look at what guys historically guys get second round or some guys got in first round. Paul Gooks was a Bukestad once, not Bukestad, but Gostad got a first for goodness sake. So I've seen guys who are third and fourth line players get, get second rounders and third rounders all the time. I I just, I would be shocked if Timo Meyer ends up going for much more than what the Leafs paid for Riley. Oh, Riley. Hey, and well, here's the thing though. 
if Carolina, like, I don't know if Toronto, did they need a scoring winger though? More than a center for fit for their team? Like, I think I got too much of those already. Did they really need the third line center? Like, is that where you looked at this team? So at the end of the day, is this trade an indictment on the core of the Leafs? To me, it is. It says we don't have enough killers here. and We just brought in one. Yeah, and that's and that's bad. They don't have a they don't have a lot of playoff success. I really wonder how much of that is mental. A little bit, it becomes mental because last year for long stretches they outplayed Tampa Bay in that series. I, I don't think we could discount that. They just it has win. to be mental when you lose series when you have leads in and and have an ability to advance and you can't close it out. That's on you. That's mm-hmm. not on the other team. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. So, I, I think that the organization recognizes that. So that they're trying to. To, to help because I think they feel if they win one that the group relaxes and then who knows but because Toronto if Toronto went to the Stanley Cup final I don't think anyone would be shocked no I agree I'm with you in that sense but I, I don't think you can say win one round and therefore this trade is worth it well I think for Toronto Frank when I because there's lots of teams that don't just that just don't go naturally to the cup final right like Carolina's the oddity they can go to the cup final and suck for five years and then go to the cup final again but very few other teams like Chicago had to get to a conference final once and um, you know usually uh, teams have a little bit of a track record to go up and down right so I think the Leafs look at this and say hey we'd love to win the cup but if they have success in the playoffs, at least maybe it gives them a better chance that Matthews wants to stay there. Automatic. Cause I think if you have success, there's le- cause think about the pressure. If the Leafs have to spend another off season without even one playoff win, I do think one playoff win does alleviate a lot of pressure in that market. That is like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, I cannot believe that we're setting the bar for a team. That's been one of the best in the NHL over the regular season for the last five years. And say, oh, only got to win one. We're all good here. Well, that's are off. Just off. Just, no big deal. We're good. Yeah, I'm not saying that that means it's great, Frank. You asked me, what do I think? And I'm like, honestly, I think the organization's view. If that's what they're thinking, then they, they've lost the plot. They're gone. It's gone. Yeah, okay. You could be right. Like, I, I'll be honest. When I heard the trade, because um, people are like, oh, at least make a big trade. I was like, oh, which defenseman do they get? That was my initial reaction. Well, that's kind defense. of my point is they didn't actually go about solving any of their real core issues for this team unless you think not having an assassin, a playoff killer in, in Ryan O'Reilly come in, unless you think that was one of them, which I guess you could make the argument it is. I still look at this team and I say every team that they could possibly run into in the playoffs from Carolina to Tampa to Boston – has a better back end and a better goalie. Yeah. Well, that's why now, as I said at the start, if Toronto goes out and finds a defenseman somehow, some way, and then Ryan O'Reilly was the part to augment that, well, then to me, that changes the perception. But if we're talking on March 4th, that Toronto didn't add a defenseman of substance, then I, I think it's fair to say at that point, the trade might look worse because of the capital they gave up. So that's the only thing, though. You look then at the trade board and you say how many real difference makers are left I agree. on defense. On defense, there's not many. But how many were there to begin with? Not many, but, like, are you are, are you a Gavrikov guy? Are you a Jake McCabe guy? Like, who, if you were Toronto, would you target to get there? See, I, th- I if I had to pick, Frank, between the two. Now, granted, I've only watched him, like, six times. So I'm going to say that. Gavrikov to me, I'm just like, 
it's because he's a UFA that people are like, oh, I'm just not sure he moves the needle that much for me personally. So I think if I you agree. put if you put Gavrikov on a deep defensive core, sure he'll help you. But I'm not I'm not sold that Gavrikov is this like, oh my goodness, he's a difference maker. I don't I don't see it to be I'm not I'm not sure he's he makes your top four any better. And if you're and if he if you put him in your top four, maybe your your second pair wasn't that good to begin with. Yeah, I, I think Jake McCabe would be a real nice fit. And we'll talk about the Blackhawks because Patrick Kane, everyone was so focused on Kane on Sunday with his hat trick against the Leafs, but Jake McCabe might have played his best game of the year. And dude, Jake McCabe can defend. Like he And if you can get him at two years, yes. two million, like that actually helps the Leafs moving forward. And you could say that is worth the assets. Because yes. then you have other flexibility that you otherwise wouldn't have had and can help you in terms of remapping out your forward group next year and what you need to pay everyone because yeah, no, it just like alleviates some space. Especially at $2 million bucks, I think he'll have lots of value at that at two years. Um, speaking of the Hawks, of course, uh, Jonathan Taze, you'd reported for a while um, about Taze's health. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, He's having uh, long-term COVID issues again, and uh, he's hoping you had reported that maybe he'll he'll return sometime in March. But he's pulled himself out of the uh, you know the trade running, so he's not going to get dealt. I did find it interesting on the same day that that announcement comes out, Patrick Kane raises his arm to say, "Because I've heard some rumblings, oh Patrick Kane, geez, there's a big risk." I'm like, Patrick Kane is still one of the most dynamic players. When he gets the puck on a stick, I would still argue. There's not many more players as confident and as deadly just inside the blue line as Kane. And you look at the goals last night, like that second goal has just got so much patience. The first one, he's got a good release. I'm telling you, he is a player that has proven time and time again, he can help in the playoffs. And if I'm Carolina, if I don't get Timo Meyer, I'm, I would go hard. They need one of Meyer or Patrick Kane. If I'm the Carolina hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you think about it, it's, you said deadly. How many players on the planet have done what Patrick Kane has done ever? Scoring overtime winners in the conference final and the final. Now, not many. It's Glenn, Glenn Anderson, probably, I would guess. Joe Sackick, maybe. It's got to be a really small group, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, 100%. He, that game on Sunday was Patrick Kane raising a middle finger to every person that has been questioning his hip and has been saying, huh, what does this guy really have left? Five goals in two games. He's, he's deadly. I used the word assassin earlier. He is one. He's one of the few left. And like, he, I, I think this really, not just the O'Reilly trade, but I also think the Leafs going out and getting, um, sorry, O'Reilly and Tarasenko uh, to the Rangers really lit a fire under Patrick Kane. And that's kind of exactly what everyone was hoping it would do um, to a trade would do. Is it would a trade light a fire under him? It seems like it that's already been accomplished. Now all you have to do is acquire him, wind him up, and set him go. Set him and go. Yeah, the, the key for Kane, you know what Kane reminds me of? 
right now at this point. Now, the guy hadn't had uh, as much cups as Kane, but he was a Hall of Famer, was the Jerome Ginla trade out of Calgary, where Ginla had the final say, Frank, and, and he ended up going to the city where they didn't get the same package that was offered, right? But the Flames are like, well, that's where he wants to go, so we're going to do it. And I really wonder about the Hawks, because everybody was talking, like, if you look at a comparable, Patrick Kane should be, whichever team acquires him should say, hey, we want to get exactly what Ron O'Reilly got. Right, if if it's Kane and Lafferty for argument's sake, right? It's very similar. Some would argue that that might be a better package overall, and th- those two. I would, I would argue that, but but Chicago might not get that because Kane says, "Well, I'm only limiting myself to a few places," and that's his right. That's that's why you have the no movement clause as a veteran player. And I still think Chicago, if they have to take a little bit less. And it'll people will compare the two to Toronto, but I do think it's a little different because Kane has that opportunity to say, "Well, I don't might want to go there." Some other team might offer you more, but he might only say, "I'm going to these two places." I was distracted because I I wanted to confirm this, and I, sorry, in, in saying my last, I was a little chunky getting that out. It was. It's not just overtime winners; it's series clinching overtime winners in the Cup final and Conference final. Oh, okay. Series clinching. 2010 Stanley Cup final in Philly, one of the weirdest cup clinchers you'll ever remember. He knew it was in. He knew it was in. And then 2013 conference final against the Kings. Overtime. Like, come on. That's crazy. That's crazy, crazy stuff. And I know it's 10-plus years ago, 13 years ago. Doesn't matter. He's not an old man. Um, Maybe there are some slight concerns about the hip, but I think he put a lot of that to bed this weekend. Patrick Kane is still, is he not, top five scorers in the league the last five years in the NHL? I would bet that he is. Yes. So you're, uh, you are getting. So what? But I think you're right on the package, though, in terms of what, how much flexibility does he give the Blackhawks? No. But. Yeah, he's fifth, by the way, Frank. He's uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, McKinnon, Panarin, Kane, last five years. And that includes this year where Kane's had a down year. Right. So imagine if he was closer to his, you know, either a point per game or career average. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think you're right. The package is going to be really interesting because I think a lot of teams had watched his game recently and said, Hmm, I don't even know if he's in first round pick territory. And then you see what O'Reilly gets and you see what Tarasenko gets and you suddenly go, why wouldn't they be getting a first for, for Kane? And your point is well-made in that, if they're if it's one of one team negotiating, well then they're not really going to have a lot of leverage, and the Blackhawks are just going to be able to extract whatever they can extract. I guess they could always say, We're, "We'll we just won't trade him." That's that's ultimately what the Flyers did with Giroux. Which, all things considered, when you go back and look at it, I know Chuck Fletcher was raked over the coals for that deal. It actually ended up being pretty good. Yeah, a first and Owen Tippett. Like now, Owen Tippett's good young Tippett, players Tippett's having a really had a good, good year. year. Like he's he's been fine, but yeah. it was the first. Like they were even though it was a couple of years later, Tippett still has thirty points this year and fifteen goals. Like he's still a quality NHL player who's played some meaningful minutes for this team at, at age twenty three. That all things considered, the Flyers did pretty well when they didn't have anything to squeeze. I would in a lot of cases, Frank. 
I would rather take a prospect age 21, 22 that you've seen and your scouts can say, okay, this is what, because there's guys that you're projecting 18 year olds. I'd rather project a 21 year old. I think, you know, you have to trust your pro scouts to know what they're doing. And, and Owen Tippett got the guy was a first round pick. And and so if, if this guy's, if this guy scores 20 goals a few times, you're like, how many late first round picks are going to do that? So I think that's uh, that's a solid that's a trade point. in hindsight. I didn't mind the trade at all when, when it was made. He, he got crushed before. for it. Flyers fans yeah. were apoplectic saying, how is this possible that this is the return we get for the guy that's led our franchise for the last 15 years? Yeah. Now, quickly, um, Lafferty and Domi. You think Domi resigns in Chicago? I do not. Okay. I mean, so it's we'll- possible. Like They're going to need players, but I don't... I don't believe they've had any discussion on it. Okay, so both of them are still on the market. And he's, and- yeah, and he's actually had their he's he's been one of their best players the last yes. couple of weeks. I oh, don't know why people aren't talking about Max Domi, but forty two points in fifty five games, fifteen goals, like that's a twenty plus goal season. You know, he he's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of of sixty points when it's all said and done. Like what? I don't know what's wrong with that type of acquisition, especially when Chicago can retain half and make him a $1.5 million player. Now, you mentioned how uh, Philly fans were uh, upset. There was Mike Greer bobblehead night uh, the other night in San Jose, and there's Timo Meyer and potentially Eric Carlson. What, what, what are realistic returns, do you think, Frank, for those two guys? And uh, like the, the odds of Carlson getting traded, I understand, are low. I How many teams are interested other than the Oilers? That's I don't know any. Yeah, I haven't heard any. I would agree. So, but by the way, like how much are they regretting playing Timo Meyer? Are we going <laughs> to yeah, see like... more trade-related prote- trade protection reasons to have players sit out? Yeah, he's day to day. Doesn't sound like it's anything serious, but I would. No, yeah, but... I would if you're if you're the Sharks. Uh, I don't think he's playing today. And I don't, uh, if you were the Sharks, would you not just hold them out right until the third and see if you get a deal? I mean, if they're thinking they're getting O'Reilly plus plus, which again, we just talked about and I have my doubts. uh, I think that's a pretty massive opportunity for your franchise. The, uh, and and think about Timo Meyer, like, oh, speaking of holding guys out, Frank, do you think Chickren was held out where he was maybe a tad banged up? Do you think that's a possibility now that that trade hasn't happened? Uh, I do not, only because I heard that speculation out there, and I brought it up on Daily Faceoff Live last week when we had Colby Cohn, the Blackhawks analyst, as our guest. And Colby was between the benches that game and watched Chickren and said he never saw and the cameras never captured anything where he might have been banged up. And he played 29-56 in that game. Mm-hmm. So he said, if something happened, he said it was, it must've been off the ice because they don't have any indication as to why that might be the case. Cause it just, doesn't it seem a tad odd? Like I know guys have been held out for one game, right? Never a few weeks. That just seems a tad odd to me. That's all. And maybe it's just a new thing. Like there's always new things that come up all the time in the NHL. So it's just, I, like- I, I think it is a new thing. And actually I've talked to a couple of teams about this. They're they're legitimately they're not concerned that he might be injured, but they're like now we got to trade this massive haul for a guy that's sitting out for a few weeks, yes. and then you're gonna oh get back jump in and play thirty minutes a night or twenty eight minutes a night like that's not easy to do. Well, on a good team, he ain't playing twenty eight minutes. Let's be let's be clear about that. But he would play. Sure. Uh, I think he'll slide in on a good team on your second pair and help out a lot. 
so no, I, I don't think he was injured. I think it okay. was either they got to the finish line of a trade and the goalposts moved or as best I can understand it. They're also, and I think Columbus is trying to do this too. They're also trying to smoke out some other teams and see who else is interested. These, yeah, these two true. things have gone on for a long time, and both Columbus and Arizona are asking for a ton for Chikrin and Gabrikov. The other angle that might just come down to the March 2nd or 3rd is the goaltending market. And there, there's a lot of teams, you know, you had mentioned Matt Murray, and they don't know what his health is like. And, you know, I, like there's a few teams out there that could use an upgrade in goal. It's not like there's a blatant, obvious upgrade in goal, but like I do wonder, Frank, when you look at the NHL standings right now, and the Islanders are are there in theory because they got the second spot, but they're you know they're actually behind Buffalo and Detroit in points percentage, and those guys have five and four games um, in hand respectively on the Islanders. By March second, if the Islanders are now suddenly in tenth or eleventh, which could easily be the case, things could swap. Do you think they'd contemplate Varlamov? Well, I think they'd be silly not to. Like, if they're going to miss, they should at least get something back for their rental if they can. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't well, they I have think to? So, but, yeah. But I just wonder, do they still think that maybe they're in it, right? That's the... Uh, oh, they think they're in it. I mean, yeah. we know that they think they're in it. But these are the pitfalls of making a massive move like they did. Oh, for Boho Rod, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, points percentage-wise, they're already not in, in the final wild card spot, as you said, and they're just kind of like we're waiting for them to take off, and they're just not doing it. And by the way, I know it's just, it's just one game, but again, on a giant stage at the stadium series, I think you can stick a fork in the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Like they, they're not. They weren't. They weren't even in the same stadium as the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday night. Oh yeah, Carolina's good. Well, Car- there's a huge disparity between Carolina and Washington. Twenty point difference, and and it was abundantly evident on Saturday night. But no OV, and and really John Carlson. It, it's a it's flown under the radar how significant this injury is. Like you talk to people around the Caps, and and they say like we're not certain this guy is playing this year again. What a massive blow to their team. He hasn't played since December twenty third. He has some significant doctor's appointments coming up. And we'll know more. But this has been a big big time injury. And they've got a ton of UFAs. What happens with them? Like, we haven't included the Caps, uh, the idea would of they a be a buy- If they know Carlson's out, would they Would they make? Would they buy and surprise some people to say, hey, we got to get in? Oof. Man, that feels like it would be throwing good money after bad, doesn't it? I would think so, but I think, look at the age of their core, right? They probably feel like, hey, we got we to gotta take a shot every year. And Columbus, I think every team tells themselves, Frank, 2019 Columbus Blue Jackets. Every single defenseman that's on the Washington Capitals roster. is a UFA, I know. It's crazy. Is is a free agent, either RFA or UFA. Fairvery and and Alexiev are both RFAs. But 
Every, so so Dimitri Orlov. I'm thinking you're thinking buy. I'm thinking sell. Well, I'm like, sneaky about, sellers. Like could I Dimitri Orlov, Orlov be one of cool. those guys? He's a you could get you could easily get a first round pick for him. Yeah, he's a very good defenseman. If I would put him ahead of Chikrin and Gavrikov in my books. Okay, so you look at the Caps and you say, well, how good are they? And I think you'd have to be asking that same question about the Penguins. I know every single thing we do, we can end up comparing these two teams. But yeah, they, the Pens are in a much better spot because they have four games in hand, right? Like yeah, Buffalo but that Pens team, man, oof. I don't know. Oh, I think they're, they're probably going to make it, but they're, they're, I, they don't look to be very good. No, I, I still think they're heavily on Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, I think they're going to add like a, a a small piece to help out. I think they'll make. I don't think Ron Hexall and Brian Burke are going to do nothing. I think they're going to add. I and I just see looked. It. At, it makes sense. I just now I just looked at games played. Frank, those games in hand, not many getting made up here. Uh, they're all either five. Like Buffalo makes up one between now and the trade deadline. They have six games. Detroit has six. Uh, the Islanders have five. Washington has five. So all the games made up will come um, between March 4th and the end of the regular season, which means Buffalo and Detroit are going to have a pretty hectic schedule the final six weeks of the season. I'm I'm not certain that they'll do it, but like you could make the real argument that the Sabres, with all their cap space, should be leveraging that as much as they can. I say this all the time. Cap as space, a third party, you mean? No, to, no. to add. You've got, yeah. They're going to have six, like $63 million in acquisition space. You can't take it with you after the season ends. It's not like it's, this ain't a rollover account. You, you don't get to carry it into next year. So why not use some of that if possible and make your team better for now? Even if it's, you know, I'm not saying uppercase, big swing, you know, go out and trade your first round pick, but there's got to be ways to improve that team on the margins in order to help them try and get in. Yeah, I would agree. And I wonder though, because the one guy and you and I both agree if you're the Sabres and you're going to take a big swing, you can take a big swing at Timo Meyer. I could see it. Why not? Now, it might not fit in because he's going to make more than Cousins and Thompson, but maybe they say, who cares? Because those guys are on such good contracts in the next few years. And not like, if, even at $9 million, I don't think Timo Meyer is a bad overpay. I think Timo Meyer is legit um, a 30-goal scorer for sure and uh, might become now a 35-plus guy regularly. So did it last year. He's on pace to do it again this season. Actually, he's on pace to be 40-plus goal scorer this year. So the Sabres are a sneaky team, man. They, they're, after all the pain Sabres fans have endured, and no fan base has endured more pain over the last 12 years. The Sabres, they, they're, they're, they're in the right direction. And I'll give Detroit, Frank. Could you, you imagine with, with that, that team if they were to get Meyer? Oh, dude. I, I, are, I told you what that GM told me a few weeks ago. In two years from now, the Buffalo Sabres are going to be the beast of the East. Could you imagine if they get, they added Meyer? Yeah. Honestly, I think that that's the team. If that's my surprise team because of all their cap space and everybody's focused on Jersey and Carolina, and I get why. But Timo Meyer acquisition isn't just a rental. Right, you could make a deal long term with him, and he could be part of your franchise for a long time. He's a really good player. Um, I don't think a lot of people in the East know how good he is because San Jose plays their game so damn late that ten thirty Eastern on puck drops for home games for the most part. So a lot of people might not see him, but Timo Meyer is legit power forward man. He's a really good player. 
So I just haven't heard of the, I haven't heard anyone and maybe the stealth. I haven't heard anyone say that the Sabres are in. I agree. About it. Just saying, Hey, they should be now Detroit Red Wings. Got to give them props. They, uh, they won five in a row, put themselves right back in the hunt. Now, can they do it again? We'll see. But uh, Detroit has played really well. Dylan Larkin's on fire and you got to think of contract when Detroit came through Edmonton, lots of Detroit guys were pretty confident that they think he'll have a deal done before the trade deadline. And, you know, Detroit, whether or not they make it, at least they're playing meaningful games down the stretch for that team. I, I know it's it's not the best decision, but it's, at least they're not 15 points out or 10 points out. they they got to keep Larkin, right? Oh, yeah, I think they keep Larkin. I, th- I think Steve Eisman keeps Larkin. I'd be very surprised if they did. It's Well, it's not Steve Eisman keeping Larkin. It's more, it's more so about Larkin essentially buckling. Because that's what's going to happen. But what Steve Eisenman's got his price. He's said it. He's made the offer. He's put it on the table. It's it's really about Larkin saying I'm comfortable taking this as opposed to maybe the few more million dollars I could get on the market. Yeah, and and outside of John Tavares, who are guys who left recently in free agency that left, got big money, and had more success at the second place? Right, like is Dylan Larkin? Where's well, he you go? you could actually make the argument that John Tavares has had less success because the oh, team yeah, that I guess he left right. went to As the team went to the fair. conference final twice. Yeah, that's fair. Without him, yeah, that's fair. So John Tavares took took more and got less. Yes, or so, took the same and got less. So if Larkin leaves, how many competitive teams are going to have the cap space to sign him? So that's what he has to weigh on. Well, someone will do it. Like I have no doubt that someone will be paying paying nine and a half, maybe even ten million dollars on Larkin if you were to make it to market. You overpay to get that player, I think. Right, but then but when you is do he that, comfortable limits- taking eight and a half or nine to stay in Detroit? Yeah, he's never like I've made this point a million times. He's never played outside of Michigan in his entire life. Mm-hmm. He's seen through all of the lean times in Detroit, and this team's finally moving in the right direction and he's not going to be there to experience it and play with better players. Yeah. See, I think he stays. I think Bertuzzi goes maybe, but I think he stays. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think the Red Wings are in cell mode quite yet. No, no. That's the point to make. So I don't, I don't know. Bertuzzi might walk in the summer, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he has to walk at the deadline. I think if they're close, Steve Eisenman's going to be like, Hey, if I have to lose him in the off season, but we make the playoffs, it's worth it. And, it, and that would be the right approach, 100%. You don't trade Tyler Bertuzzi to get a draft pick and then miss the playoffs. That makes no sense. Yeah, I agree. Let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing great. New episode of Phil, or new edition of Fill in the Blank brought to you by our friends at Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party this year. Every night you can take advantage of their fantastic lineup of daily deals, montanas.ca. Let me throw this out to you guys. Buffalo adding at the deadline, bring Patty Kane home. Stretch. I just think I just think rental is a stretch. Yeah, fair. Maybe he's not. I a could rental. see it happening, but I just and maybe they say, "Oh, we'll we'll sign him." Yeah. Like they, they clearly they have the cap space, and it'd be an unbelievable draw and shot in the arm for the market. But I just think someone with term makes more sense. Someone that you have control over. Like if you're going to pay a massive price and Meyer is going to be, I think then you got to get the guy and sign him. I could see Pat Kane though, going home to Buffalo in a few years. I could see Patrick Kane signing somewhere else for two years 
and then goes to, goes to Buffalo as a you know like a an older player going back home to help a team and and taking you know a million bucks because he doesn't need the money. The old hometown discount. All right, let's get into uh, fill in the blank. My first question for you guys: the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning seem to be on a collision course for round one of the playoffs. The Leafs made their ad, so I'll ask you, the ideal deadline target for the Tampa Bay Lightning is blank. Frank, I know you got the deadline countdown article coming up today. Oof. I've spent more time thinking about this than I probably should, and I didn't know the answer ahead of time, but we're also, I pitched you this question for Daily Faceoff Live later today. I've been trying to think of... Okay, so trying to put myself in Julian Breezeball's shoes. You have very little cap space. You have very little assets to spend, and you need depth. You need depth and speed and your bottom six. You need depth on your blue line. It's, it's going to be someone off the radar, someone that we're not talking much about. So I, I did actually come up with a list of players. Again, don't know if they're entirely available, uh, don't know what the price is going to be, but all right, let's start with an interesting one. Jay Noah Gregor is one Isaac Lundestrom in Anaheim Tanner Janot in Nashville and Will Borgen in Seattle. Smart players, small cap hits, relatively small acquisition cost. Lundestrom being the most expensive of the group, probably followed by Janot. Um, but like, is, is Noah Gregor, not Sam Lafferty, just less expensive? Like it's the same skill set. Very similar. You, you tell me, you know him better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's always a tough one for me to, um, yeah. In in a straight line, Noah's probably a bit quicker. I think, uh, I think Lafferty, um, probably uh, is around the net a little bit more. Um, that, that would probably be the, the two difference for me. You know, both can, both are willing to block shots. They they bring a lot of speed. Um, Tampa Bay, it's funny. Like Tanner Janot's name I saw come out there, and I think a lot of teams have interest in him because he's a third-line guy who can kill penalties. He's tough as nails. He'll fight anyone. Not that, But the game still has that a little bit. And I look at Tampa Bay, and when they won – I think they always respected that element. And so Janot is a, a quicker version of Patrick Maroon. And um, the thing is, he, he's, you know, like, what's his, what's his qualifying going to be? Like, does he go to arbitration because he's, you know, he's one year removed from 24 goals. Oh, I yeah. Think that's, he's that's, got a tough RFA case, which is yeah. why I think if you're the Preds, like, you go like, all right, let me see if I can get something good for this guy now before walking. Yeah. So, um yeah, that, that one, like, he fits the bill. It's funny. I, I had Janot as, as the guy, as somebody who Tampa Bay. I, Tampa Bay's not going to go. They don't need a top six forward. They're just going to be looking at the right depth forward for them. So, I don't like, again, third, if you if the Blackhawks are asking for a second for Lafferty, is, is Noah Gregor at a third or a fourth a better fit? Cheap, too. Yeah, no, he'd love it. Him. He'd love it. Him and he he raves about Braden Point. Uh, they played together in Moose Jaw uh, when Point was I a captain. I didn't even know a, that. He was a rookie, and uh, well, he had a, he was a point of game player playing with Braden Point when his draft year. Um, he uh, he talked about how Braden Point. You know, you'd heard all Hor- Braden Point. He, he couldn't 
have had a better person to be their captain when you're a rookie in Moose Jaw. He said he was unreal to all the rookies. He felt so comfortable there. He like he raves about Braden Point as a guy. So yeah, I'm sure he'd love to play with him. Moving along, going out west, the St. Louis Blues. Doug Armstrong has already picked up two first-round picks, a third-round pick, a conditional fourth, another second. He's getting a ton of picks. Question is, Doug Armstrong will sell off blank more pieces from this roster between now and the deadline, Jason. Well, Barbashev, for sure. That's easy one. Uh, I mean, he's going. The, the interesting one is people are like, if Colton Pareko is available, like, oh, my goodness. Like, he's got lots of term. His cap hit isn't that high. He's a right-shot defenseman. There's never enough right-shot defenseman around the NHL. Man, you could get a bolo. But I think if you're trading Pareko, you'd almost be wanting some young prospects back rather than just a first-round pick. Right, uh, the odds are you're not going to hit on all of them, and then they're all going to come up together. So, would you want some younger, you know, 21 year old prospects or guys who are even in the league at 21 and, and they think they're they're not there? But I'm going to say two more in St. Louis. Barbashev's the obvious one, and I think he'll move someone else. Not sold. It'll be Pareko, but if it's Pareko, man, there's your there's your difference maker defenseman available if indeed he's truly available. I think the market's down on Colton Pareko. I don't think he's been very good relative to what he was three years ago. And that's a lot of term. It's an eight-year deal. He's only in the first year. It takes him to age 36. It's a lot. And we know those bigger guys don't always hold up all that well, all things considered. And all four of the top four defensemen in St. Louis all have no trade clauses, which is very problematic for St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, I will say Ivan Barbashev and that's it. Just one, one. Okay. I can see that. Staying out West, one team that's kind of been sputtering along as of late. Three straight OT losses for the Edmonton Oilers. I'll throw you guys the same question that I threw you for the Lightning. The ideal... Fit for the Oilers on Frank's trade targets list is blank. Frank? Patrick Kane, come on down. That's the guy. Still, still the guy, hey? I think it's the guy. I just, what a brutal weekend for the Oilers. And I think there were people already antsy in that organization to do something. I don't know. I think they're, yeah, I think that's the guy. But I, I, I can't no, – I'm not reporting that. If I'm asked to pick my fit, I think that's – the. I don't think there's enough dif- difference-making defensemen on the market to really warrant that, and I could see this being the case. Just the question is, does Kane want to go? And I don't have any – I don't have any insight as to whether or not he would pick Edmonton. Yeah, Kane would be ideal because he could help in the shootout and uh, maybe even like the fact the owners can't win in three on three is mind blowing to me because that's all your best players. It makes no sense. Kane, Um, McDavid and Kane on one line. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That would be. And then you have dry settle Nugent Hopkins and Hyman as your second line. That's uh, scary. It's actually it's terrifying. Yeah, so no, hey, Kane makes a lot of sense, and I think the acquisition cost for Kane would be, and there's no lo- there's no long-term deal in place, would make more financial sense for Edmonton. I still would uh, hold out the wild card for Eric Carlson. I think Carlson would be a difference maker for their blue line. Um, people can talk all they want. Yeah, he doesn't have to be elite defenseman. He's so good offensively, he moves the puck well. Um, the best uh, defense is a good offense, and, th- and that's his motto. And you look at his numbers, man. He's uh, His five-on-five numbers are really good. 
So you, people can tell he, yeah, he's not Victor Hedman mm-hmm. as a, as a defensive defenseman, but the, you know, this guy isn't uh, getting turnstiled uh, all over the place five on five. So uh, I'll go with the big guns in Edmonton. All right. We'll wrap it up with our points bet Canada bonus question of the week. If you're out in Ontario, check out points bet Canada for all your sports betting needs. The Leafs and lightning are dead tied on their Stanley cup odds board. They're both sitting at 12 to one. Like I said earlier, they seem to be on a collision course in round one. I know you guys kind of danced around this earlier in the episode, but Leafs Lightning, the odds makers say, even chance. Which team do you like more, Jason? Well, there's one team that's gone to the the, uh, the cup final three years in a row. It's hard to pick against them, right? So I, I will take Tampa Bay today, but with the caveat, any significant injuries for either team, like one key injury could be the big difference for either squad. So um, there's still lots of time left in the season, but like if, if you have, I agree with Frank, the, the goaltending defense is, is pointing arrows up for Tampa Bay. I'm not picking the Toronto Maple Leafs again. I picked them last year. I picked them the year before you have to actually do it. Like, I'm sorry. And until yeah. you do it, you get no love from me. Dude, Frank, uh, f- f- uh, when Ray Ferraro used to do my radio show, probably for about six, five or six years, him and I both picked the Sharks. And they went to the cup final. They went to the conference finals. But, God, they could never get Stanley Cup final. And we used to laugh. And I'd be like, hey, I'd tell myself, I'm not picking them. I'm not picking them. And then I'd get, they'd have a really good year. And I'd be like, God, this is the year. And then it never happened. So I, I, I'm I sorry. I'm not betting against Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Braden Point. I'm just yeah, not. fair. It's fair. I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, those yeah. guys are pretty no, good. No, it's fair. All right, that's a wrap. Again, shout out to our friends at Montana's. Find a location near you by heading to montanas.ca. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Frank, before we let you go, um, what about the Boston Bruins, the best team in the National Hockey League? They really haven't had a hiccup yet this year. What are you hearing about the Bruins? What are the Bruins going to do? I've thought for 10, 8 days now that they're the team in the mix at the very front of it for Gavrikov. 
We know they're looking for a left shot defenseman. That's not new news. Um, I would say if it's not Gavrikov, then who? That's my question. McCabe? I don't have any evidence of that. Uh, Maybe Chikrin. I think they've paid attention to Chikrin. Like, what is the price? Just to make sure they're not getting beat there. But I don't think they want someone with term. Unless they're right. really getting them at a discount, because but can't hey, afford if, if you're getting there. McCabe at two mil, like we talked about, uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, if Chicago's willing to, and they are, you've reported it, that makes McCabe infinitely more valuable. Like a two million dollar defenseman who can play in your top four with experience. Not like it's a young guy, right? Like that. That would be a big time acquisition for any team. So, I think one thing maybe under the radar. I bet that the Hawks were sitting there thinking that they were going to have to retain on Jonathan Taves. Now that they know that he's not getting traded, would they potentially retain on another UFA or another pending free agent RFA? Like what if they were to like, I don't know, pick anyone. They can retain just one more on one more deal now. And Kane, Athanasiu, Domi, Kurashev, whatever. Kurashev's an RFA. Yeah. McCabe, like, like McCabe, it, the retain doesn't go away because the next two years, but they could do anything now. Oh, yeah. Athanasiu, they could retain 1.5. And obviously, when you look at, you know, where we are in this in the season, it's... But they were reserving uh, one of those spots for Taves, is my point. You only get yeah. three. Yeah. Now they have an opening. Does someone... Does someone get creative with someone else on their roster? Very possible, man. It's interesting thing about uh, um, McCabe. They retain on him. You know, that would put them up to, let's say it's $2 million. That puts them up to $6 million dead cap space next year, which I'm sure they're fine with. Because um, you, still Yeah, I don't to- think it's necessarily a concern when they only have $44 million committed. Yeah, well, yeah, because you're taking potential $21 million in cap space off the books in Kane and Taves. Yeah, but you've got most of your forward group already slotted out. Yeah. See, that's why I think, you know, Domi re-signing there does make sense for them. And it might make sense for him. I wonder if he's just sick of being moved around all the time. It's possible, but I there's no – I don't think there's been any talk yet. Well, Boston's a team to watch out for me, Frank. They've been so good all year long. And, like, I don't see – and if they get, like, a defenseman and fills out their six, oof, they are going to be a tough out. So – is there outside of that? Like, is there like is there a danger in tinkering too much with a team that's barely lost? Like, I think if you bring in one D man, I, I don't think it really alters it that much. I think what all it does is add a little juice to your squad. Or like, yeah, because well, I think the players know. And and if you're Boston, all you're doing is saying, guys, there's no guarantee. Like we've seen lots of Presidents Trophies uh, winners uh, flame out in the first and second round. It's happened all the time. Look at the Florida Panthers last year; they had 120, they have 122 points out. So, um, yeah, Boston's Boston, on pace for 131. Yeah, and but the Detroit Red Wings, 2006, 132 points, I think it was out. Tampa Bay Lightning, 62 wins, 2019 out. If I'm the Boston Bruins, I'm like, yeah, we've been great in the regular season. But if we can make our team better, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. I mean, what we've said all year long, last dance, last dance. Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, 
Pasta's in the last year of his deal. I'm surprised that that's not done yet. I'm wondering if maybe they're holding off for tagging space considerations. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's going to be fun, Frank. Uh, we will talk to you uh, later this week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.